Welcome to Bedtime Story Adventure 2020, Children's Urban Fantasy, one chapter a day up until Christmas. Chapter 6, The Inspector. The little dog finished its mouthful of pizza and hopped off Jenny's lap. It did a stiff-legged 360 trot, then sat back and held up a front paw, flexing its claws like a magician showing the audience an empty hand before a trick. Then it held the paw out straight and reached across with its other front paw to the top of its front leg and gave a yank. Jenny shifted round on the bed to watch, and James leaned in from his seat by the desk. The dog was peeling its fur off like it was taking off a sock. Under the dirty brown outer layer was not pale dog skin, It was smooth and golden fur, glinting in the bedroom light. The dog peeled the fur off its other foreleg, then the back legs, tail, chest, head and back. Soon there was a pile of ratty brown hair on James's duvet, and standing in the middle of the pile was a golden monkey. There was one last patch of brown fur on its chin. Jenny leaned forward and carefully peeled it off. The monkey smiled and hopped off the bed and onto James's desk, helping itself to the last slice of pizza. "'I can't believe it, Cece. You're beautiful,' Jenny said, awestruck. The monkey shrugged and nibbled at the pizza while sitting in the middle of the desk. "'Are all the dogs actually monkeys?' James asked. Cece nodded. "'How many are there?' Cece put the pizza in its mouth and held up ten fingers. Then she shook her head and held up nine and pointed to herself. Then she picked up a pencil and used it to scratch her back. So we know that the tattooed woman has been following us and kidnapping animals, Jenny said, and that Elf is involved with the circus. And Claudia is here too, James said. I wonder what we should do next. I really want to check that Elf is okay. Cece, who had been fiddling with the mess of school stuff on James's desk, held up a piece of paper. The words Cece and Elf were scrawled on it rather crudely. You can write, Jenny said. How clever. The monkey jumped lightly onto the bed and held Jenny's hand. In less than a second, the wristband was off and in the monkey's grip. She turned it over and pointed. You scratched that, Jenny said. Three, seven, three. Why? The monkey looked confused, then jumped back to the desk and pointed to where it had written Elf on the paper. Jenny turned the strap round so the number was upside down. It says Elf, she said. You were trying to tell me. Did Elf teach you to write? Cece nodded and smiled wide, showing her bottom row of small flat teeth. There was a knock at the door, then it opened. Cece sprang from the desk and landed silently on top of the opening door. James's dad poked his head in, not aware that a golden monkey was balancing just above him. Bedtime, James, he said. Then he added, Sorry, Jenny, time to go home. No problem, Jenny said. James's dad went back out and closed the door. Cece jumped back down to the desk. What am I going to do with Cece? James asked. I've never had a pet before. Cece isn't a pet, Jenny said, and I think she can look after herself. We just need to think about what to do next. I think we need to talk to someone that might know what's going on. The king under the fort, James said. Yes, and I think we need to tell him that the tattooed woman has the keys. He won't be pleased, but it's better that he knows. James nodded. 
I can go after school tomorrow if we hurry. I've got a maths tutor coming at six. On her way home, Jenny started to worry about how James would cope with Cece. And she worried about Elf, their troubled friend, who always seemed to get mixed up with the wrong animals. And she worried about what the tattooed woman was going to do with the Empress and the Peregrine Falcon. It would be good to speak to the king under the fort. He usually knew what was happening around Brighton. But with all the worries, after brushing her teeth and getting into bed, Jenny's thoughts lingered on the man in the smart suit. She got the feeling that they would be seeing each other again. She timed her morning walk to school to meet up with James. After waiting for ten minutes at the top of his road, he still hadn't appeared, so she gave up and half-walked, half-ran to school to get there on time. There was an on-edge feeling in the corridors, not like the excited buzz of the last day of term. This was different. Jenny caught up with Nancy outside the science lab. "'What's going on?' she asked. "'Snap inspection,' Nancy said. "'An Ofsted one-dayer. All the teachers are up in arms about it.' "'A school inspection? That's what must have made Mr Black so annoyed yesterday. Seems a bit harsh to have an inspection when we're just getting used to the new system.' Apparently it's not a full inspection, Nancy said. School sent out an email saying it's got small scope or something. Most of the classes won't be affected, just small groups or individuals. They're seeing how well we're doing at catching up for missed time. They filed into the science lab, Jenny and Nancy drifting away from each other to their allocated seats. It was a strange coincidence that the man in the suit, S. Whelan, had turned up at the same time as the circus. And even though she couldn't be sure... She was growing more and more convinced that he was the same man that had appeared on the railway bridge the day before. At first break, Jenny left her class group and quickly made her way to the humanities corridor to see if James had made it to school. To her relief, he appeared from the classroom looking rather bedraggled and carrying a dark blue duffel bag over his arm. He looked pleased to see her and they walked out and sat on a free bench. Where were you this morning? she asked. Cece was a nightmare, he said. She wouldn't let me leave without her. Twice I thought that Dad was going to see her. In the end, I had to bring her with me. He put the duffel bag on his lap and undid the zip. Cece's golden head poked out. Jenny gave it a rub. I'm worried about this inspection, she said. Really? James looked surprised. The timing couldn't be better. I'm hoping it goes really well. Perhaps then I won't have to go to weird boarding school after all. He paused in thought. Who am I kidding? We've got the money now. I'm going to a private school whether I like it or not. It won't be that bad, Jenny reassured him. Those Rodine girls were really nice. And they like their school. Apart from the one that tried to kill us, you mean. I've got P.E. next. You've got to take Cece. I'm not leaving her alone in the changing room. Jenny agreed, and James handed the bag over. She put it over her shoulder and set off for English. It would have been good if Jenny could have sat at the back of the class, preferably on a desk alone. But the seating plans were strict, and in English, Jenny was on a desk right in the middle of the room. She hung her coat and her school bag from the back of her chair, and sat down, placing the duffel bag carefully between her feet. She gave the bagged monkey a gentle squeeze with her legs, and felt a comforting wriggle in reply. Halfway through the lesson, there was a knock at the door, and a Year 11 student poked their head into the room. Yes, Miss Forsyth said. I'm collecting kids for the inspection interviews, the Year 11 said. I'm here to pick up Jenny Tomlins. Jenny felt the blood drain from her face, then felt it rush back as everyone stared at her.
She put her hand down and held the duffel bag's handles and hoped that the teacher might not let her go. Ah, yes, Miss Forsyth sighed. They're up to year nine already, are they? There's nothing like helping a school catch up by taking even more lesson time away from the students. At least the inspector should get a good impression from you, Jenny. Off you go. Clutching the bag in one hand, Jenny rose slowly and turned to leave. No need to take your bags with you to the interview, Jenny, the teacher said. You'll be back before the end of the lesson. There was no way that Jenny was going to leave Cece alone in the class. She stopped and held up the bag. I've got my... She couldn't say it was her monkey inside. She needed something that would sound more normal. Everyone was waiting. Inhaler, she exclaimed excitedly. I've got my inhaler, she continued in a calmer voice. You know, just in case. All right, Miss Forsyth waved her out before adding, Good luck. Good luck? Why would she need good luck? It just made Jenny even more nervous as she made her way out to the corridor, clutching the duffel bag to her chest. She would have been apprehensive about an inspection interview under the best of circumstances. The last thing she needed when talking to the man in the suit was a monkey in a bag. The year 11 told her that the interviews were taking place in the head teachers and the two deputy heads' offices. That made Jenny feel a little better. If there were three inspectors, then she might not have to speak to S. Whelan. The year 11 knocked on one of the deputies' doors and opened it. Jenny Tomlins, they announced before ushering Jenny in. She moved through the door, then faltered when she saw it was S. Whelan sitting behind the desk. He sensed her uncertainty and rose. Take a seat, please. He gestured to a plastic seat opposite him. There's nothing to worry about. I'm just asking a few questions about how you think things are going. Jenny quickly took a seat, holding the bag nervously on her lap. Fine, she said quickly. Things are going fine. Good, in fact. Actually, they're great. They seem to be improving at an alarming rate, he raised his eyebrows, then lowered them and looked at the bag on her lap. But I'm here to ask specifically about your experiences. Is there anything that you think I should know? He kept his eyes on the bag as he spoke. Jenny felt Cece wriggle and squeezed the bag tighter to keep it from moving. Nothing I can think of, Jenny said. Lessons have been normal. Well, as close to normal as possible. So you are saying that they're not normal? He raised his eyebrows again. Jenny looked at him carefully before speaking. She got the feeling he was good at catching people out. His face was extremely normal, except that she found it hard to work out how old he was. His hair was greying, but his face would have fitted anyone from thirty to sixty years old. He looked up from the bag into her eyes and she looked away. Lessons are normal, she said curtly. Is there anything else you need to know? He was still looking into her eyes. What were you doing on the bridge with the ringmaster? Jenny blinked. She must have misheard. I am sorry? Yesterday, he said calmly, you had a meeting with the woman with a whip. In fact, it looked a little like you were about to fight her, which would have been a bad idea. Brave, but ultimately unwise. Why were you there? That was you, Jenny said, asking where the station was. I felt an intervention was warranted, given the circumstances. The ringmaster is not a woman to be argued with. Why were you there? The interview had taken an unbelievable turn. This was a seemingly normal adult human that somehow knew about the other side of Brighton. The side with talking animals, magic keys and dangerous adventures. 
The last man she had met that knew about the animals had been pure evil with a near-invincible sidekick. Jenny grew wary. I bet you're not an inspector at all. She gripped the handles of the bag tightly, ready to run. And I bet you don't work for Ofsted or the government at all. Who are you? The man laughed. It was not an evil cackle, more like the chuckle of a teacher that had amused themselves. For an interviewee, you do ask a lot of questions. He sat back in his chair, taking his eyes off the bag and staring at the ceiling. And I seem to be the one giving the answers. As it turns out, this time you are once right and twice wrong. I do not work directly for Ofsted, but I am an inspector, and I do work for the government. Then why are you here? Jenny demanded. What are you inspecting? It seems the interview tables are turned completely. I will answer those two questions, but only on the proviso that you agree to sit there a while longer and answer mine. Otherwise, you may as well leave right now. He pointed to the door, looking genuinely curious to find out what Jenny was going to do next. She was sorely tempted to call his bluff and leave, but his knowledge of the tattooed woman, this ringmaster, could be useful. Well, what's your decision? Do you agree to stay and answer my questions? Jenny nodded. Then I will answer yours. I am here in my official capacity. I work for the government as an inspector. He paused and looked Jenny in the eyes. An inspector of magic.